It's now time for the Rural News with Sally Wienley. Kia ora, Sally. The Southland Regional Council is standing by its decision to order five farmers to stop winter grazing. Yes, it sure is. The council issued the abatement notices after recent flyovers found farmers were breaking the law. This is the first winter farmers have had to comply with new intensive winter grazing rules, and one of them is that any grazing on land with a slope of more than 10 degrees needs resource consent or a freshwater farm plan. The Southland Regional Council told five farmers they were breaching the new standards. But Southland Federated Farmers spokesperson Jason Herrick says the council has handled things badly. The abatement notices were issued without consultation with the farmer direct, without an educational approach that they informed us right at the start of winter they were going to take. And when I went to visit the farmers in particular, uh, one of them was using absolutely best practice, had all mitigations put in place, was no adverse effects to the environment. He just received an abatement notice and he was completely stressed. His anxiety levels were through the roof because the, on, on the abatement notice it, it come with a standard $300,000 fine or a two and a half year jail sentence if he didn't comply with their demands. So, you know, the, the result was disappointing, but it, it was all in the poor process uh, delivered by Environment Southland. They should have stuck to a, a particular process to mitigate the issues to get the best outcome. And unfortunately, they went straight for the jugular But the Regional Council spokesman, Paul Hulse, says while farmers have significantly improved winter grazing practices over the last few years, the rules are in place for a reason, to protect waterways. He says farmers are being provided advice and support, but the Council will continue to issue abatement notices for any breaches of the rules. And news just to hand... Gisborne kiwi fruit growers have lost their fight to have the value of their gold kiwi fruit licences removed from the rateable value of their properties. The Court of Appeal has just released its decision this morning. It started three years ago when the Gisborne District Council included the licences in the growers' rates. And each season, kiwi fruit growers pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a licence to grow the lucrative sun gold variety. After a substantial legal stoush, with it going to the appeal court, it was dismissed, allowing the council to include kiwifruit licences in the value of properties rates. An agriculture advisory firm says uncertainty around the emissions trading scheme has put farmers off planting trees on their properties. Lewis Tucker and Company has written an open letter to Climate Change Minister James Shaw, outlining concerns about the country's climate direction. Earlier this year, the Climate Change Commissioner said the ETS, which allows people to earn and sell carbon credits, had made the country too reliant on planting trees instead of actually reducing emissions. It resulted in the government reviewing the scheme. Lewis Tucker Executive Director Colin Jacobs says it's confusing farmers and the carbon price is dropping. A lot of the points that they're they're making at the moment need to be a little bit better considered. So we we definitely agree that there is forestry being planted in the wrong places. The the right place for forestry is on marginal farmland that is less productive or unproductive. 
And so that's where we should be focusing. What the government is doing at the moment is looking to short circuit forestry full stop. That's now having an impact on many farmers that we've spoken to who have been thinking about investing in, in forestry on the marginal parts of their farm to diversify income, plan for succession and retire marginal areas now because of the announcements that the, the government has been making over the latest one being in the ETS. They're now looking and saying, well, that's a lot of uncertainty. Maybe we won't be able to do that. And, and that's a crying shame because a number of farmers are looking to do the right thing. Colin Jacobs says the government's current proposals run the risk of shutting down the forestry industry when it's needed to help reduce emissions. Submissions on the government's review into the ETS, including its permanent forest category, close mid-August. Love onions but end up in tears when chopping them? A new tearless variety is on supermarket shelves across the Tasman, and they could be on sale here further down the track. Created in Europe and grown in South Australia, the vegetable took decades to develop by crossbreeding existing onion varieties. Traditional onions release enzymes that can cause irritation or tears when damaged or cut. And the new variety has fewer, which means dry eyes. Australian farmer Jared Dolling is growing them and says it's been a long time in the making. It's taken them uh, many years to figure out how to take the enzymes out to create it so the pungency isn't quite there, so that'll stir your eyes up and make you cry. So, look, they've uh, been breeding for, I think, 30 years and they've finally brought it to Australia. News, <clears throat> New Zealand Onions Chief Executive James Cooperus says the industry here is developing a tearless variety, but they probably won't be on the local market for a few years. We, we just need to make sure we're growing them in the right conditions here. So onions are actually uh, respond to day length and we just need to make sure that the New Zealand, you know, that we adapt them to the New Zealand environment. The good thing is we have uh, other sweet varieties already on the shelves. So we've got the Pacific sweet variety that um, is being retailed already. It's a milder, softer onion as well. So there are onion varieties that are hitting the shelves that are differentiated and unique. James Cooperus suggests that in the meantime, people can try old wives' tales like running the tap or wearing swimming goggles when cutting onions to prevent crying. Three New Zealand farm dogs and their owners have been selected to take part in this year's Trans-Tasman Cobber Challenge. This is the third year New Zealand dogs have entered the competition against Australia. The 12 dogs will be fitted with a GPS tracker that records distances they travel on their farms and at what speeds for three months. North Canterbury sheep farmer and beef farmer Dean Gardiner and his dog Dot have made the final dozen. I suppose you wanted to see what my dog does day to day, you obviously know they put a um, plenty of plenty of work in, so it's always interesting to know so how how far they're actually running each day and what sort of speed they're doing. So, yeah. And tell me about Dot. How long have you had her for? Um, I've had Dot. I'll uh, just be probably over five years now. She was my first um, heading dog um, after I left uni. 
things. So she's been my my mainstay, my, my my main dog, I suppose. And she's now getting on with age. She's nine years old. So I thought, yeah, it's the perfect opportunity to give her something cool to do um, before she heads into retirement, really. That's Dean Gardner. And the other two New Zealand contestants are Ashton Clements and his dog Fern from Te Faro, and Kelsey Meads and heading dog Sass from Lake Coleridge. And that's the rural news for today. Koya rā te pirongo o te taiwhenua. Kia pai te rā. Thank you very much, Sally. I'm very excited to hear how those dogs get on.